Dale, Chamberlain of All Ages, and Walter Payne Radio presents the greatest podcast in the world, the Marketech Samuel Plan, the Devil's Advocate Shinobi, the Lunatic King Maverick, and Single Syllable Mother, the right side of the pond. And of course, if you're not down with that, we got two words for you. Sup, Lords of Pain, and welcome to the right side of the pond. It is Friday, we draw ever closer to the money in the bank pay-per-view, as of course WWE insists on calling it nowadays. Not just money in the bank, but money in the bank pay-per-view. Um, what's that new one, Maz, that they've got coming up instead of Backlash? Is it Stomping Ground? Stomping Ground? I quite, I quite like that name. <laughs> oh, it's, like the Seth, it's like the Seth Rollins pay-per-view. Like, yeah, so I, 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 had, I had fish. Actually, one chance of my mind was Orton doing the old Garvin stomp. <laughs> in your, it's like, yeah, in your house, rock bottom. Uh, <laughs> except in your house... Curb stomp. Maybe that wouldn't go down so well with the PC brigade. Anyway, we're off. We're off. We're off track already. But um, as we do draw closer to Money in the Bank, um, we are going to take a little look at a little issue that I think all all three of us have mentioned over the years in columns and maybe on this show before as well. Which is, is Money in the Bank the fifth? of WWE's Big Five. So, of course, traditionally you've got the Big Four, the four oldest shows, Rumble, um, Mania, SummerSlam, and Survivor Series. And for a while in the 90s, of course, we had King of the Ring, which was the fifth pay-per-view to be added before In Your House came along. Um, and then, obviously, you know, before brand exclusive pay-per-views, before all sorts of things, before Saudi Arabia specials, etc., etc. Um, so, Money in the Bank is somewhat arguably... Um, become that 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 fifth big pay per view. What do you think about that argument, Maz? Do you think there's a case I, for that? I think for a while there it was the fourth. You know, I think it had jumped ahead of Survivor Series when Survivor Series wasn't really being treated like Survivor Series. You know, I, I think it kind of took that Survivor Series spot as that you know that that must see pay-per-view and of course we've had some you know big things happen at Money in the Bank pay-per-views. There's always that air of anything can happen at money in the bank so yeah i think you know i mean plan's not here but you know of course we had the ladder match in there as well which really uh you know people tend to really like so you know you've got two three maybe even sometimes so you know i think it it certainly did take the place now the last few years survivor series has has come back with a bit of a bit of a bang and generally made some uh, good shows around it and more importantly it's felt like survivor series again and not just you know the november pay-per-view which is how it felt for a while so yeah no it, it, i think it was definitely definitely in that running for for quite a while and you know i, I think you've got to really call it a five now because it's one that people do look forward to. And when you think of some of the matches and some of the moments that it's given us over the last, uh, you know, decade or so, uh, it, it's, it has been a big deal. You know, I think, I think the decline of SummerSlam has had as much to do with money in the bank, feeling like a big show um, as, you know, the sort of way in which survivor series was kind of ignored uh, for a little bit because, if you think about it, and we talked about this in our sort of run up to SummerSlam last year, until we actually got SummerSlam 2018, there'd been a succession of very disappointing SummerSlams, just with 13 as that one lone one that stood out as being great. And Money in the Bank came along in 2010, uh, and pretty much from the first show was a really good show consistently um, across his existence. And you know, like, People had obviously enjoyed the Money in the Bank ladder match when it was attached to WrestleMania. And then when you kind of took that um, and put it on a show with things like CM Punk versus John Cena um, and like, um, you know, sort of having a, a Money in the Bank ladder match in 2014 where Seth Rollins and Dean Ambrose had their first chance to uh, to, to beat the hell out of each other. Um, you know, you, you started to build a bit of a, a bit of a brand there didn't you i mean even if you go back to the very first show kane cashed in at the end of the show um 
you know, after he'd won his latter match. So, you know, you kind of had it, had it kind of on a, a good roll from the very beginning. Yeah, no, absolutely. And there were always things. I mean, you know, everyone thinks about 2011, you know, the Punk Cena match. But, I mean, that 2011 was a smart wet dream, wasn't absolutely, it? it absolutely was, you know, sucked, yeah. Brian, Brian winning the briefcase out of nowhere, bear in mind. Very you know, no so, one yeah. was pegging Brian to win that at that point. And, you know, right in the middle of that uh, summer of Christian and Randy Orton, which I uh, can never pass up a chance to mention. I mean, I, well, you know, I mean, for, with good reason. I mean, those that series of matches was like unbelievable. Money in the Bank one is that the one when he gets disqualified? I believe it is. That's the, the one where, where the, he gets caught and disqualified. Yeah, I, I, I'll get lost in it now, but yeah, I, I think so. Yeah, it was a stip, wasn't it? Where um, yeah, yeah Orton got disqualified, he'd lose the title, and Christian spat in his face. <laughs> good times. Um, yeah, so I, I think. It, it certainly has that sort of that cachet, that that, that status. Um, should we have a little a little trip down memory lane and have a look at some of these? Have a look at some of these cards, you know. So I mean, if we start from uh, f- from even the very first one, the winners of the briefcases. Um, obviously, W have got like a bit of a questionable history with that, but um, you, you had Miz um, win the Raw match, which obviously led to his first main event push, which led to him main eventing WrestleMania. So that certainly feels pretty significant. Yeah, that was a big one. And I remember it came not long after, you know, uh, what's his name had won it and that whole mess, uh, Swagger. So was that that year? Yeah, so so Swagger, uh, so Swagger was beaten by Mysterio and then Kane cashed in on him. Yeah, yeah. so yeah, so you, you'd had Swagger win the Money in the Bank and it was the worst Money in the Bank match, you know, ever. I think it still probably is. Um, but And then they did the quick turnaround because there were two more briefcases to be won uh, a couple of months down the line. And uh, yeah, so it, you had very quick turnaround there. But yeah, I mean... Uh, Miz winning that was a big big deal. I mean, I think that 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 run with him as as the Money in the Bank title holder is one of the more you know one of the more familiar ones when you think about people holding that briefcase. You know, my mind immediately goes Edge, Miz, Rollins. You know, those are the big three that you think about holding that that briefcase and and Punk, and, Punk as well, especially the second time. Yeah, yeah. I mean, cer- certainly the cash in. But when I think about what, I'm, what I mean more is while yes. they had yeah, that, yeah, yeah. that briefcase, you know, rather than, you know, what, what they actually did with it. And I, I think it was, you know, all three of them, you could say, were very similar types of characters as well. So, you know, it, it shows what that works for when you're holding it. Yeah, it's, 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 an, interesting, it's an interesting one to think about, isn't it? That... Um, Certain people just feel right with that briefcase. Um, and obviously, you know, Edge was the one that made the briefcase mean what it meant because he was the first one to have it. But also he became associated with it so much. Um, yeah. And, you know, uh, Miz was one of the other people to hold it for a long time. I mean, sometimes people hold it for a long time and it, it, it just never goes anywhere. I mean, you know, you think about... Um, you know, someone like Seamus, uh, he held it from, you know, June all the way until TLC. And when he cashed in on Reigns, it was a bit like, oh, whatever, really, wasn't it? it? it it's the one you always forget, isn't it, Seamus? Um, you always forget that he actually, actually had it. You know, Seamus is a, is, a, is a, I think, a truly great mid-card, where I think when all's said and done, you know, um, it, it, he's like up there with those you know, those 80s and 90s mid-carters in terms of what he's done as a mid-carter, but, you know, as a, as a top guy, and it's no reflection on him necessarily, but he just was never that, and I guess that was the last time WWE tried it and they realised it wasn't, you know, it wasn't the wave, as the kids say. Um, yeah. So, 2011, obviously, we talked about a little bit already. Um, so, uh, I mean, obviously, a truly, a truly great pay-per-view, one of the great modern... WWE pay-per-views. It's funny to think who Brian beat in that SmackDown Money in the Bank ladder match, by the way. Cody Rhodes, Heath Slater, Justin Gabriel, Kane, Sin Cara, Sheamus, and Wade Barrett. 
It's like, <laughs> it's wow. You look at that and you wonder now, of course he funny won it. Who else was going to win it? <laughs> I mean, it's funny because, of course, Cody Rhodes would be, you know, uh, the next year, um, or was it the year after? No, the year after, actually, Cody Rhodes was obviously a significant player in that match again, of course, because it was it came down yeah. to him and Sandow, and that's what uh, you know ultimately broke up their tag team. Um, so 2012, of course, was um, Ziggler's moment, wasn't it? Ah, uh, good old Dolph. You know that that's one where you you definitely think about the cash in, isn't it? Um, when you when you think about the uh, Ziggler holding that 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 title, but. Yeah, I mean, he he was he was pretty good with that that briefcase as well. Yeah, he kind of had his. To be fair, he had his entourage, didn't he? He had Biggie and AJ Lee and and all that stuff. So he kind of felt it kind of felt like Edge light, though. I have to say, in hindsight, I I think uh, quite a lot of stuff Tom Ziggler does feels like Edge light, though. To be fair, (laughs) yeah, no, I I I definitely this was certainly Ziggler's best. Period in his career, though I don't think there's any doubt about that. Yeah, it's certainly the hottest. Um, of course, that year, you know, 2012, in between uh, uh, two two guys that, that won the big matches last year, fighting over the uh, WWE Championship, Brian versus Punk, in a absolutely fantastic match that year. I mean, they had a great a great series, didn't they? I mean, they had the re- the one everyone remembers is the uh, over the limit one i want to say yeah and then they had they had one the month afterwards and then i think this the triple threat with k yeah and then this was like weirdly called no way out even though there wasn't an elimination chamber as i recall and then there was um uh then there was this this match it was kind of like the rubber match and aj was a guest ref and stuff um yeah it's it's um i mean that was a that was a great feud all round. and also there's a really good um seamus del rio uh, World Heavyweight Championship match where they just beat the living crap out of each other for 15 minutes. Oh, was, that, was that the really stiff one? That one? Yeah, really. I mean, all the matches were, weren't they? But this, yeah. Yeah, which, which yeah, I get confused with these sometimes. It was, well, Shane had is, that great run, didn't he? He had the he had the, the matches with Brian, um, and then he had uh, then he had um, then he had Del Rio, then he had Big Show, and it was just the, he just put together like a really underrated. I mean, I guess you could actually say it's a mid card title run, really, like given where the World Heavyweight Championship was at that time. But yeah, it's one of the great underrated title runs ever, I think. You know, for a face champion, I mean, obviously nobody gave a flying fuck about him, but he was having good matches. No, they were there were some really good matches in there, and the, the bizarre thing it was while he was a face as well, it was. <laughs> You, you just never really think about Seamus clicking as a face, but he, he did some. He had, he had some really good matches in that run. It's funny. I think he has better matches as a face, but obviously, like that character was just that character was just horrendous. I recall the uh, him doing a towel wearing a Rey Mysterio mask, which was a particular oh, low oh, light. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, weirdly, that year, of course, it was the it was um, the year when they only put like five people in the Raw. Ladder match. Oh, was it only former champions? Yeah, so it was Cena, yeah. Show, Jericho, Kane, and Miz. Um, and it was a really weird match, as I recall. Like, just, just, just like, because it was kind of like you associate ladder matches with loads of spot monkeys, and nobody in that match, you know, even Jericho at that point, his career is not flying around. So it's like the most static ladder match you've probably ever seen. Yes, it, it, it. It's not a good one, is it? That one. It's not not a good example for it for the for the ladder match. Um, so obviously on a, on a 2013, um, bizarrely the Shield curtain jerks. Well, no, actually Dark matched that show, which is like really weird to think about. It was that that weird little period where they were kind of out of favour. Yeah. After Mania and up until SummerSlam, they got a bit of a sort of a little punish with it. Now Ambrose did get put in the ladder match. Um, so Roman and Seth were, you know, against the Usos in the uh, dark match, and then um, yeah, then you had uh, in the in the actual uh, contract match, you had Sandal who obviously won, uh, Cesaro who still is Antonio uh, attached back then. That's um, why Sheamus in real life still calls him Big Tony. Um, <laughs> Cody Rhodes uh, was in there, of course. Um, Fandango, uh, Jack Swagger. And Wade Barrett. So another slightly um, slightly underwhelming field, really, when you think about it. I do remember a, a memorable spot where uh, 
um, Cesaro stood on Jack Swagger's shoulders to try and reach the uh, <laughs> to try and reach the uh, briefcase. I remember tweeting at the time that Plan was probably having a stroke while that spot happened. Um, well, I mean, I think it tells you something that the only guy still on on TV for WWE right now in that lot is Cesaro. I mean, you know, uh, it's I guess funny. Sandango's still employed. I but, mean, you know, you'd have to say that Sandow is a missed opportunity for WWE. I know, I know, a lot of people say mid has come, mid carders go, but he could talk, he could wrestle. I, I, I do. I think it's a waste. I mean, so much of that generation was a waste, wasn't it? I mean, it you could say I the same for a lot Sandow, of them. He was a victim of his gimmick, wasn't he? I think at the end of the day. But was he? Um, but was he though? Because it was kind of like he obviously did it, something badly wrong. Because out of nowhere, he went from having a a great match with John Cena, where he lost his cash in, to literally the bottom of Jobsville. And then ends up in that terrible Misdow thing, but that was part of his punishment. And it, I just think, I mean, but even that, he got it over. So you would have thought, you know, someone would be saying, "Well, oh, fair play to him." Yeah, you know? yeah, 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 for sure. It's it's one of the bigger mysteries because usually, like, it comes out what these people did, but it it, it never has, at least as far as I've ever um, read. You know, if somebody anybody feels free to correct me on that one, but. Um, but yeah, it's it was obviously um, at that time, right right at the end of the first brand split, really, where um, SmackDown was very much the poor relation. And obviously it wasn't even like a, a split necessarily, was it? It was just kind of like everyone's on both shows, but there was still these two titles until, you know, till they got to December. They finally just, you know, stuck a pin in the whole thing. Um, uh, oh, God, weird Curtis Axel push. Who remembers that? Right. Yeah, that could have that could have been something. Um, uh, oh, of course, like it was during the AJB Caitlin feud. Of course, that was uh, you know maybe when we talk about the inverted commas women's revolution, that's a bit of a forgotten uh, prologue to all of that. Well, R.I.P. Joey Shinobi. He'd be uh, all over this one. Uh, also, R.I.P. Uh, Ryback's heel turn, which was also going on at this time. Oh dear. Um, yeah. And he said about that, the better. And of course, uh, a great. And Del Rio then, of course, had that great run with the big gold belt. He had a great match with Ziggler on this on this pay per view. And then, of course, the Cena v Henry match, which disappointed so many people after that brilliant run into it, the fake retirement in the pink suit, and so on and so forth. Yeah, I mean, this this show is all about stories, isn't it? You had that fantastic build to that match. Yeah. And it was that you know the end of it. It was that typical cedar 101 and you know i remember the reaction to that that even like the biggest cedar fans out there were like no nah, enough of this shit <laughs> you know we got and enough i mean what what on earth was that it was just so paint by numbers you know it, it was it, it was the most tedious like 80s hogan squash of a monster you know exactly exactly what it was and for all the good work but you know it's something in hindsight knowing what was about to happen with that title and knowing you know you hear mark henry talk about it and it's it's a huge deal for him he 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 was uh obviously you know loved that match it it was a big deal for him and yeah i've watched that match uh, so many times because my kid went for a stage of like really enjoying that match for some reason <laughs> and he just put it on over and over again so yeah and then of course you had the stories in the main event in the money in the bank match which were you know setting up you know arguably the greatest summer slam of all time well this is the thing and we couldn't really know at the time could we that what that was what they were doing because at the time it was like Orton won that match like it was such a head scratcher because Brian was was hot as blazes. Everyone was expecting a Cena Brian feud to be coming, um, and then it, people imagined that it was going to be Brian win the, the the bank match, and then saying, "Look, I'm I'm going to have my honourable one on one match with John Cena." Uh, SummerSlam when well, he didn't win everyone was like whoa and then literally the next Raw John Cena chooses Brian handpicks Brian as his challenger 
Um, and of course, Punk gets betrayed by Heyman in the same match, which set that up too. So yeah, I mean, another really good entry. It was a good, really, again, a really good show, Money in the Bank 13, apart from apart from that Henry match, which was a, a disappointment. Um, all right, so 2014. Um, Again, I mean, it's it's really significant for the the Shield breakup match, essentially the first one, which is Rollins and Ambrose in that Money in the Bank ladder match, and it is a tremendous. I mean, it's, I think it's like top three. I think it's a top three ladder match, like Money in the Bank version um, for me. I think it's like one of the very very best ones, just because it has that central structure of story that goes on within it. Uh, and then, of course, the the main event is actually for the vacant um, WWE World Heavyweight Championship. And uh, it was the match that broke Doc because uh, John Cena won it, if, if, we, if you recall. I, I, and I remember us being very level-headed about it at the time, that, you know, saying Cena's probably the right choice to win it at the time. You know, I think... And certainly now, no, no, knowing what would happen with that, I, I think your your biggest problem in that match wasn't John Cena winning it. Your, your biggest problem in that match was Roman Reigns in it. Yes, yeah, it seemed odd that seemed odd that he got thrust straight into the main event with no explanation. And of course, that was probably the thing which you know was the very beginning of his problems um, for the next five years. Um, strangely enough um i mean also in that match it was in the middle of rusev's very effective um introductory push so that seemed that seems uh you know pretty significant at the time and you know looking at the show again it was a you know it, it was a, a decent all-round uh all-round pay-per-view that one um although the least about rybacks or probably the better Rybacks or oh. <laughs> that was in their era of making like tag team names by doing that weird like you know um yeah that that weird yeah mashups thing. yeah and they all had the mashup tunes as well didn't they oh god i mean who can forget air boom <laughs> um all right so 15 is a bit of a weird one it's got that uh, famous john cena v kevin owens uh, match on it um, and it's got, got of course the Seth Rollins Dean Ambrose match that Plan and I are a huge fan of the actual Money in the Bank Lazar match I think it's a pretty good match was that the anyone but you where Wyatt shows up and shoves Reigns off as he's about to win anyone but you Roman yeah it sounds like it could be right yeah I, I think it was uh, so I mean that's I mean that's, that was a story which I mean again it wasn't sort of fulfilled to its full potential but you know it was was pretty interesting overall um, and then 16, of course, was Ambrose cashing in at the end of the night. You get that that brilliant Rollins v. Reigns um, match for the championship, and then Ambrose shows up at the end and uh, finally gets his revenge on Seth, like, you know, gives him a bit of a taste of his own medicine uh, after Seth's yeah. long injury absence. That was fantastic. Of I course, mean, a fantastic pay-per-view, that one, all around. You know, you had that brilliant, like you say, Seth, Seth and Roman match. You had a good good money in the bank match leading up to it with Ambrose um, winning that. Nice little field, that one, actually. Ambrose, Del Rio, Cesaro, Jericho, Owens and Zayn. Yeah. And, you know, you, you also got the AJ Styles, John Cena match, which is, I think, the only one that you and Plan like. Yes, it's the, it's the good <laughs> it's, it's, it's the good one of the uh, of the three. Um, yeah, no, it's, it's, it's a funny one. It's... Um, I think it's a it's a it's a good show. You know, it's just one of those ones that's got a load of weird mid card filler. You know, like uh, Apollo Cruz v Sheamus and Baron Corbin v Dolph Ziggler and like stuff like that. It looks really weird when you kind yeah, of see all the other stuff that's on it. Definitely top heavy, isn't it? You know, definitely one that that's strong at the top end. But you know that that Seth Reigns match was my match of the year that year, and you know have to cash in all the Shield champions. Yeah. On one night, it's uh, yeah, it's it's a big deal as as Shield fans and just as WWE fans in general. It's it's a really good night, a good event that one. Yeah, no, for sure. And 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 you know, like the other thing, um, 
you know that 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 strikes me about that show is it's just it's that last hurrah before the next brand split comes. You know, you get you get battleground a month later, and then that's it. That that sort of three year period of a single roster. You know, and arguably one of the the better three year periods in WWE history between thirteen and sixteen, and then you know what comes later is is very much more patchy, you'd say. Well, yeah, what immediately comes in the next Money in the Bank pay per view is very patchy indeed. Yeah, this is the time I'd actually stop watching uh, SmackDown. Totally, it was uh, absolute shambles. So you had, you know, the Women's Revolution. You had Carmella winning the first one the first women's ladder in the bank, um, money in the bank ladder match, thanks to James Ellsworth, which went down a right tree. Um, you know, SmackDown only pay-per-view at the time. You had Baron Corbin winning the male one in the main event. I think, you know, you don't need to say any more than that. And you had Jinder Mahal as champion <laughs> against Randy Orton, of all people. You know, it was that period where the only saving grace on that roster was the uh, never-ending Usos versus New Day rivalry. Uh, yeah, you had the Ambrose-Styles uh, rivalry, which was very good. Yes, of course. Um, but, of course, like, I mean, and again, some great matches in there. I kind of question the whole, uh, you know, Ellsworth stuff in the middle of all of that. But, uh, you know, the matches are very good. Um, where, oh, where, where, where were they at this pay-per-view? Neither of them are about. It's, oh, they were... Uh, Styles was in the uh, Styles was in the ladder match. Yeah, God, you had Styles, Ziggler, Owen, Zayn, and Nakamura, and you gave it to Corbin. Yeah, yeah. <sighs> I mean, just, just just to just to just for having drop it and get um get screwed over by a returning Cena. Well, this this was well this was the well this was it really was like well the, the the i think the thing about 17 is that it was very much nakamura's match you know and you think he won that rumble a, a few you know like six months later but actually you know he was this this was where he probably should have pulled the trigger on nakamura like if he'd won that that briefcase because he, he has a fantastic performance in the match like the paper as a whole is horrible as you say but the ladder match was actually all right he had a very good bit of, of, of Corbin beating up Nakamura so he can't enter then Nakamura turns up and just like kicks the living shit out of everybody um, and if he'd have just won off that then I think everyone would have gone home happy but yeah Corbin was a you know like I think all three of us have, de- have defended Corbin and said you know he's not as bad as everyone says but but he was ice cold there was no need to give him give him that briefcase yeah. at that time yeah absolutely Definitely not the right time. Yeah, no, for sure. Um, so, uh, so last year's one, um, of course, I think probably most noteworthy for Alexa Bliss's um, uh, brilliant uh, night-long story. She kind of does her very own Seth Rollins in the sense that, well, it's kind of like a combination of Rollins and Ambrose, isn't it? Because she uh, she beats um, she beats Becky Lynch, Charlotte Blair. Ember Mood, Lana, Naomi, Natalia, and Sasha for the actual contract, and then turns up in the Rousey v. Jacks match, uh, wallops Rousey over the head with the uh, briefcase to get her uh, disqualified, or, to, or wallops Nia with the briefcase to, to cause a disqualification, takes uh, you know takes Rousey out of the equation, and then cashes in on Nia. Um, and I just thought that was that was such a great distillation of Alexa Bliss's character. It was, and if I remember rightly, it was a you know match that defied expectations in the first place between uh, Rousey and Jax. Yeah. Um, it was a yeah that 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 was definitely a good 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 night story for uh, for for the ladies there. Um, what else did we have? Bloody hell, Big Cass. Remember him? Remember <laughs> the hottest comeback Lord. since since since. Uh, since Shawn Michaels and let's put him in a nice cold feud with Big Cass and you know bloody I'm trying to think of face Brian on that comeback is is pretty hard these days as well but, uh, and still not anywhere near the worst thing on that that card when you think about the Bobby Lashley versus Sami Zayn feud 
Oh my god, yeah. It, it's so funny this card because there's so much good stuff on it. Like even like the Rollins Elias match was was weirdly good. You know, like who the th- I mean, it was Rollins. He was just on a really hot streak, wasn't he? But he had a, a good match with Elias. Um, but my god, Reigns v Jinder. Like it's it's how much time they gave these things though, isn't it? Right. So nothing. All right, Daniel. If you want to do Daniel Bryan via heel big cast, like fine, whatever. But don't give it sixteen minutes. And, and like you know, fine, have Reigns v Jinder, but don't give that sixteen minutes either. You know, just absolutely not. Just bizarre. I mean, obviously, at the last man standing with uh, Styles Nakamura, which, as I recall, was was very good. And then you caused the monster in the bank. One of the the, the weirder um, titles they've given anybody, I think. Yeah, it didn't really end very well, did it either? That was uh, uh, poor old Braun Strowman. What odds it bloody happens again this year as well? Well, I guess that the problem he had was that he had this briefcase, and uh, you know, but but Lesnar wasn't going to be letting go of that of, of that title. So maybe when he maybe when he won it, they obviously anticipated putting it on Reigns. And Strowman doing something with Reigns, but when Reigns had to go out, and then they then they put it on Lesnar, yeah. then suddenly that's it. Like Strowman's jobbing to Lesnar all over again. So yeah, no, it wasn't ideal. Um, so I mean, I mean, like we'll obviously come to preview this year's um, version uh, in a week or two, May nineteenth. So I guess we'll be previewing it oh, next week. God, May nineteenth. God, May nineteenth is is an at the Kane movie date. Oh Jesus, is it? <laughs> Are we going to get Jacob Goodnight part two? Maybe he shows up on uh, on Bray's new show with his hook. Yeah, (laughs) that would. Oh my word! Yeah, tremendous, tremendous. Um, Well, um, let's. So let's. uh, So that's. You know, I guess the case for it being, um, you know, the fifth of uh, a so-called. Um, big five like I mean let's take a look a look back at King of the Ring like which is of course like what used to hold that position like why do you think it is that WWE have been so reluctant to bring it back like they flirted with it like that weird time they did the network special that Wade Barrett won um, and they done it on Raw as, as like a tournament before like when Sheamus won it but they seem to be markedly reluctant to bring it back as like a full show. I mean, why, why do you think that is? I, I could not tell you. I just think they must have something against tournaments. You know, it's it, think of how often they have a chance to do a tournament and how often they just like, no, you know, obviously there are people there that, that like it, but are, you know, it seems they don't sneak through very often, you know. When when you have a, a vacant title, when do you ever get a tournament for it? You know, just think about WrestleMania four and how big a deal that was back in the day. And you know, when you got a vacant title, it used to be really exciting because you know you'd get a tournament, and they just don't seem to like them anymore. You know, they'll they'll do a short one. That you know, the fact that they pop up a lot more on things like 205 Live and NXT, you know, it makes me think Vince don't like them, but Hunter might. And, you know, it might be something that creeps back in with Hunter. I mean, the thing is with the tournament as well, it's, they're, they're fun. They're fun as a one-night tournament, but King of the Ring was always better, I think, when somebody actually used that title to, 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 to make something of themselves, you know. Yeah, I mean, this is the thing, though. It was like Money the Bank has taken that sort of mantle of, okay, we've got this up-and-coming mid-carder, let's give them the briefcase, and that will make them. And, of course, their record with that in recent years has not been good. You know, we talked about Corbin earlier. Um, You know, it it didn't work for Mr. Kennedy, although it seemed made for him, but that was more to do with injury and, you know, maybe his relationship with the the higher-ups than than anything else um but it, it didn't work for um i'm trying to think now i mean ultimately i mean who's made it stick really you know Seamus, no ziggler no um you know the really you could say the only big successes out of it have been brian um 
and Rollins, you know, Brian Rollins, obviously going you know, back a bit edge, but it's not it's not had the desired effect. And I guess really when you look back at King of the Ring, it's probably often the case that you've got a, you've got a similar hit ratio because for every Steve Austin or you know or Triple H, yeah. uh, you had a Billy Gunn or you had a, a King Mabel. Yeah, I mean, you know, obviously it was huge for Austin. Did Hunter, you know, it, it didn't lead to much. That, that's the thing with Hunter. It was you more, know, he, I think, uh, to say, look, we've forgiven him, you know, and, yeah. and because it was against Foley, like, if he, like, Hunter was what, like, two months away from DX being formed. So it just yeah. gave him a platform to say, this is a, a, a big upper mid card star, I think. Yeah, yeah, I, I think that's what it is. But, you know, when you've previously said the same thing about Mabel, you know, it's, <laughs> you know, how how much do you buy into that? And when you think about, you know, what certain people have done with it, you know, like Owen Hart is is the big one, really embraced the gimmick and, and, and did well with it. You know, Brett's got that kind of, like, it's not the original king of the ring tournament that wwe has done but it was you know the first pay-per-view tv one and you know he really worked well with that well Um, it's a jerry lawler thing wasn't it like brett was the king of the ring and that's how they started that feud with lawler because of course he is he was known as the king so i mean that was a kind of vehicle for that really but i mean that brett's performance in that 93 king of the ring pay-per-view is one of the great one night performances absolutely absolutely yeah it's just fantastic match after fantastic match and um yeah and then you think about you know other people that got it you know it became a bit of a storyline thing ken shamrock you know that was all part of that big feud with the rock really wasn't it and it 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 served well in in the 90s as as you know being there to enhance feuds, but you know, there's also kudos from it. And that's what WWE struggle with, you know, unless there's, you know, to be fair, they struggle with it. Even when there is, you know, a bit more of a title on the line or a bit more of a, something that you're getting from it. But, you know, it, it can vary so much year to year. What, how, how much you, you get from winning from winning it you know and i think that was the problem for a while Mm. and i think that will be the problem again if it does come back so you know for every you know king booker you'll have another king barrett yeah i mean this is the thing it's like when you when you look at it like if you look at the 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 run they had between 2000 and 2002 kurt angle edge brock lesnar you know that was three people they clearly wanted to to push on to the next thing and in all three cases it was a pretty significant stepping stone i mean you could say the same for uh for austin triple h and shamrock i mean i know shamrock maybe uh he wasn't a world champion but he was a big deal in 98 99 i think sometimes people forget how much of a big deal Ken Shamrock yeah. um, was in that sort of era. So, so yeah, they, they, they used it well. I mean, if you go back to the classic, the classic version for it's a pay-per-view, you know, Savage, uh, DBRC, Santana, you know, like it's, it's pretty, um, yeah, it's pretty exalted company to be keeping. So I guess it, you know, we there are so many parallels with money in the bank because you've got the ones where it really works and the ones where it really doesn't work. Um, and maybe, you know, maybe that's kind of they're happy to keep it in the past as a as a nostalgia thing. But I just think having like Money in the Bank is so tired to me now as a concept. I argued in the column, I think two years ago now, that it was time to to to, to put it out to pasture at least for two or three years and make people really want it to be a thing again. And you know, King of the Ring was would be, I think, an incredibly popular addition. As you say, people like a tournament. They've done Worlds Collide. That's been like a real success. The UK Championship Tournament. Um, both versions of that were a, a roaring success. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it might just be Vince thinks it's too much part of that 80s wrestling thing that he's been trying to get away from ever since. I don't know. It, it could be. But then, then you consider how many... T- 
like big tournaments they're doing on the network as well. It's it's hard to wrap your head around exactly what their thoughts are there. To be honest, it's 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 strange. They there's obviously something that holds them back from from doing them very often. But I mean, yeah, yeah because if you th- I mean, like, so they stopped it as a regular pay per view in 2002, and I'm guessing that was because of the fact they'd gone single brands. So maybe you know that had a that had something to do with it. Um, and then obviously they brought it back 2006, and as you say, Booker T really kind of ran with that gimmick. Um, but then two years later, William Regal randomly won it, and then they did it with Sheamus in 2010. Oh yeah. And then I forgot, I forgot Regal had won it. And then they did it in 2015 with Barrett, which, as they say, I think I think they were experimenting because the W Network was new and, they and it was like one of those first like, oh, you can only see this on the network type things. Um, yeah. And so it was a bit more of an experiment than anything else. Um, but it, it, it shows that, you know, they've been pretty inconsistent with it. You know, that that run between 93 and 2002, where there was one every year. And then it's been a bit, it's it obviously was patchy. And then since 2015, we've not had it um, at all. And I, I can understand, right? Because you, you just know that executive producer Kevin Dunn is uh, not a fan of people walking around in that stupid King outfit. And I, I dare say I'm not a big fan of that either. Um, it's more like the way that Edge used it, for example, like, you know, Christian carrying his big trophy around and, and like it became a jealousy angle, you know, stuff like yeah. that, you know. Um, well, that, that's the way, you know, you've got people that could carry off taking the crown and, and doing it. You know, you can you can have the bookers who could play that role really well. But, you know, you don't have to do it that way. There, there are other ways around it, you know, and. It's the title. If you make the title mean something, and you'd think with such a big roster like they have now, and, and you know so many mid carders with without much to do, you know you, you'd think it could work for someone. Or you know what might actually be even better: bypass the king of the ring completely and do queen of the ring. That that's a really interesting idea because again, like how do you showcase all this female talent? that's uh, on the roster at the moment and just doesn't get a chance, you know? If they do an evolution again, I haven't actually seen if um, if they're planning to do that again or not. But if they do, that would be a brilliant thing to put on there. Yeah, you know, I mean, I guess the argument is you've had the, you know, the, the May Young Classic um, that's, you know, happened twice now. And if they're doing that again, is it, is it yeah, a bit yeah, too similar? True, yeah. but, you know, but you know, if they are doing the May Young Classic again, why not? You know, put put a bit of it on 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 the main roster on on the TV. You know, have a couple of rounds and put some of the main roster ladies in there as well. You know, give them something to do. Make it. You know, have have your insights. Have have your ladies from from elsewhere. Have your newcomers and you know, come at it from four angles. You know. No reason why you shouldn't. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And, you know, you could get that little bit more exposure by having some of it on TV and, you know, oh, I don't know. But, you know, you think about Charlotte, you know, she calls herself the queen, you know, like that'd be a great, a great storyline. Like, you know, she's determined to be the first queen of the ring because she is the queen. And, you know, imagine her not winning it and, and like the sort of stories that could come out of that or indeed, if you let her win it, then again, it would confirm her own self, you know, self-importance, which is a sort of been a storyline with her, uh, you know, ever since before Mania, you know? Sure. Yeah. I mean, you know, there's a lot of the ladies I think could, could be really fun in that, in that type of place. You know, I think Alexa would thrive in that kind of, you know, environment, you know, put it against someone like, you know, an Ember Moon who's, struggled to find much to do and she could just power through the the opposition a bit in it you know there's a lot you could do with that i mean shana baszler imagine debuting shana baszler the queen of spades and having her like destroy everybody yeah you know against the queen in the final yeah and destroy her as well (laughs) (laughs) um yeah that i mean that would be um you know that'd be a great way to kind of (laughs) while sasha sulks in the corner um yeah. While, while Sasha films a vignette of her breaking out of prison. 
yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, it's 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 gonna be, you know, it, it's gonna be interesting to see because like their relationship with their past is so complex because you think they're happy to to bring back like an old WCW concept like War Games and have that as a big once a year thing on um, on NXT. Um, and then, like, now and again, they'll, like, resurrect some, you know, like, who would have thought, for example, uh, that you would get a regular um, battle, you know, like, yearly battle royal on WrestleMania like you have on WrestleMania 2 and 3, or 2, yeah. two and 4, rather. Like, you know, who would have thought that would ever be a thing? Like, it seems so old-fashioned, doesn't it, to have, like, a battle royal with everyone in the ring at once and they all chuck each other out. Like, it seems so 80s. And yet, since, you know, WrestleMania 30, they've had this every year. Um, so you never know when they'll bring something back like that, you know. They they have done it with War Games. They've done it with, with the Andre Battle Royal. I mean, who's to say they won't ever do it again? But it, it's... It's kind of, I think, the thing about Money in the Bank is it's stale. And in that big five spot, I think, you know, it, it could do with some freshening up and, and bringing back King of the Ring for a couple of, couple of years. You know, leaving Money in the Bank out of the equation for a little bit would be a really healthy thing for the product. But I don't think they, they, they would take that risk because, as you said at the top of the show, they love their ladder matches. Yeah, Money in the Bank's here to stay. But, you know, there's no reason why we can't you know, bring it back. Why we can't bring back Money in the Bank, uh, King of the Ring as well, you know. Try it out. Try try another network special. Try a Queen of the Ring. Try a little something. I mean, try it on NXT. There's no reason why you shouldn't. No, I mean, sure. I, imagine that, like, you know, someone like Adam Cole winning King of the Ring in NXT. Like, that that would go with his character you know, um, really make well. It, make, it, make it the next Worlds Collide, you know. Yeah, again, that would be that would be really interesting. I mean, and you could just sort of, I mean, when Neville was there, I, I think they missed a massive trick by not doing it while he was there as king of the cruiserweights sure. because you know that would that just seemed like ready made, didn't it? Yeah, absolutely. Um, right. So, any other any other thoughts on uh, on money in the bank or king of the ring in the modern day, Maz? No, I mean, it's there, you know, it's hit and miss, as you said, even in the later ones, it's hit and miss. But, you know, it's it's potentially a fun night. And with just how stacked the roster is and how much of that roster don't don't have anything to do, you know, you you can do it. You can get out there, give it a try. It doesn't hurt. Yeah. And it's a name brand that, you know, potentially will bring back older viewers, you know. Well, that's the thing. I, I thought people might say, "Oh, King of the Ring." I always enjoyed those. I mean, I thought this when they, when they, when Cesaro brought out that King of Swing T-shirt that was in the King of the Ring design. Yeah. You know, when they do stuff like that, like you know, I bought that Seth Rollins Monday Night Rollins shirt straight away, like just because it was it was like so nostalgic to see that kind of like nineties raw font. Yeah like on a t-shirt like i bought that straight away you know um bit like you know the same with like those ko mania shirts like ko mania yeah. and ko mania 2 with the old fonts and stuff people love that stuff and they do. I, I, the old I think they are missing a trick a little bit by not indulging in some of that um you know some of that nostalgia from time to time but as you say as maybe as triple h starts to exert more of an influence we might see it we might see it um return at some point yeah let's hope so let's hope so because they're always fun yeah very very much so um uh, of course one thing we probably should say as well is you know who can forget the macho king and sensational queen sherry uh wrestlemania 7 coming in on their uh giant throne being carried by well, I guess what was the equivalent of today's uh, indie wrestlers? <laughs> yeah, the, the indie brigade. Nowadays, it would be uh, Sasha Banks, uh, Alexa Bliss and Charlotte, wouldn't it? <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's uh, it, it's there, you know. It's I know that was a different time as well. But, you know, that King gimmick, you know, in the right hands, I, I think the gimmick could still work as well. 
you know, it, it, it needs some tweaks. But like you said, if you've got someone who who can take that kind of title and not make it too cartoony, you know, it's there. But, you know, like you said, you know, that's exactly what Booker T did with it. And, you know, it, it was arguably the most, arguably the most interesting run of his career. Uh, I, I don't think he'll ever beat like the supermarket fight with Steve Austin, frankly. But <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I still, I still watch that segment about um, five times a year. Um, but yeah, like I think, like you know, you can imagine people on the main roster that that, that could do really well with it. Um, you know, somebody, you know, somebody with a bit of a heel with a bit of personality. You know. As long as I didn't give it to like Baron Corbin, imagine that King Corbin. Uh. That's exactly <laughs> what they do. Though, it? it would be Corbin or McIntyre, wouldn't it? McIntyre, I could see, at least in current form, I could see him. Um, he, he could, he could do the more, you know, he he, he wouldn't wear the no wear the what's it called? I could, but you know, I could see him, I could see him hitting a few people with a scepter and stuff like that. Should he need to? I mean, he's he would be more of your Brock Lesnar type, wouldn't he? Like he'd win it just to kind of signal the fact that he's getting a, a kind of that that last shove, you know. Um, I'm a little bit disappointed they've gone with Styles so early. Actually, you know, I think about it. I think Rollins v McIntyre, like straight off the bat, would yeah, would have it's been what made sense. Yeah, you know, it's what made sense in the in the short term booking, and you know, funnily enough, a little plug in. It's something that I discussed with Randall in the reboot of the Power Ten that's coming this week. There you go. Excellent. Um, mean, meanwhile, uh, I've been writing columns about Mercy the Buzzard, so I guess that shows our uh, our, our differing priorities at the moment. Yes, I'm, <laughs> I'm sure. I'm sure the Buzzard will get a will get a say in ours as well. Well, when I vote, Mercy's going to be number one, just to warn you. So, <laughs> um, I, I did enjoy Bray Wyatt's uh, tweet as well, like uh, reflecting back on Randy Orton burning his house down. <laughs> Oh, I, 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 I Orton's response. Yeah, very. I mean, Randy Orton's Twitter account is like weirdest thing ever, isn't it? It, it? It's it's pretty funny, you know. You don't expect it from Orton. It, it's 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 good. Uh, it, it, it it's good value for money is uh, Randy's Twitter. Well, he's, he's never necessarily been, um, you know, the person with the most self restraint in WWE, has he? So. <laughs> Um, well, that that's that kind of brings us to a close, guys. Uh, shorter show today. We're trying to we're, we're experimenting with a, a snappier um, format, uh, trying to keep it to an hour as most uh, pro- inverted commas professional podcasts do. So, so uh, yeah, let us know what you think about that. Um, yeah, and no plan to get excited about Rollins' money in the bank or Bret Hart's uh, well, King of the Ring. It, 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 one for an hour about each. It, it's going to be heartbroken you miss this show. It's like it kind of ticks all the plans boxes, doesn't it? Um, so uh, before we get out of here, do listen to the rest of our show. So on a Sunday, you can get the doc says. Uh, Monday, we can have Zaman. Tuesday, we've got two shows, uh, Global Impact and one Nation Radio. Wednesday, Plans uh, Side Podcast is here. Spots Entertainment is dead. Uh, we will be back on Friday. And, of course, on the Thursday, you can listen to Imp with the perfect turn. So, um, from the right side of the pond, uh, until next week, we'll preview Money in the Bank proper. Um, we'll see you later on. Bye.